Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back at it with another, not only Ox Me Later episode, but a collaborative episode with my big bro G, the mastermind of the Meet Me on the Roof podcast. What's good with you, bro? Uh, you know what? It's just, a, it's just another old day. Time to get it in and talk about something I know real well. <laughs> And I've been excited for this ever since we even spoke about it back in shit April, right? When we did the Around the World in a Day review, mm-hmm. which you know you guys checked archives or whatever, make sure to go back and like listen to that episode. Um, I guess you know before we get it popping and everything, I'm gonna get all my stuff off. Um, remember, guys, like always, rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. Links and everything gonna be in the description and the bio below. Um. Make sure to check out myself and the homies on like playing games on Twitch. Um, got a brand new playlist available for y'all on Apple Music and Spotify, you know, October edition or whatever. You know, get just, you know, what, what I've been on lately and everything. That new Bryson Tiller, which apparently I am on this. Apparently, I just I like it. And the, like it was funny. Twitter is disagreeing with me, but people on Snapchat and stuff are like, nah, I'm rocking with it. So. Who knows? I don't know if you've given a listen. Well, um, I have not. Um, <laughs> I have not. Only song that I've heard off of it was Inhale. Oh. <laughs> it sounds better on the album than it did as a single. It just shouldn't have been a single. Yeah, I mean, I- I'll give it a listen and probably can give back a little more feedback. Afterwards, I'm not really a big Bryson Tiller fan. Right. Um, I listen to some of his songs, but his voice is very Billy Goatish and In annoying. Hilly. Yeah, so it, it's uh, <laughs> you know I don't have no problems with him. Like yeah, yeah, he got songs that you know you can bop to or whatever like that. But I mean, he's not like somebody I just be dying to listen to that I'm just standing for. And he's still on my head ass three list for releasing a damn deluxe edition of an album that came out five years ago. You know, that pissed me off because, like, my buddy kept telling me, yo, a new album's coming, a new album's coming. I was like, well, if a new album's coming, why is he going to go back and give us the deluxe? And I was like, what's even different on the deluxe besides he gave us, like, you know, the song Let Me Explain, which was like a single that he dropped after. He's like, well, he had a new verse to Rambo. I was like, I don't give a fuck about a new verse to Rambo five years later. I was like, what do you really have to do five years that's, that you didn't do five years ago? <laughs> And this is my thing, G. Like, literally, a couple of days before, he dropped, like, a picture on Twitter. And it was like, oh, I got so much unreleased music. And I was like, well, where's it at, nigga? <laughs> like, right. Come on. And then I'm like, you should have been trying to establish that second uh, flop album that came out. <laughs> like, if you was, if you were trying to do something, I see you didn't mention nothing about that album. That, that album came out and just died. It, like, it just disintegrated and disappeared. So all my to all my wrestling people or whatever, we know they always talk about WrestleMania and then WrestleMania three. You notice we always skip WrestleMania two because it was a dud. And that's what that album was. I mean that album it was like one song that I bopped off of. Um My favorite was an interlude. What's it like? We no longer friends or something. That sounds about right. Yeah, one of those. Uh, I'll check Al Gore's internet at the well. Um uh, right. I think it had to be that song. It was the one that had the tweet sample. Um my place. Um, damn! I might have forgot about that one. Let me see. Let me. That sounds like it would be good. Let me check the. 
Also, too, apparently I'm just going to be going old school or whatever with my R&B because the only thing I saw that dropped um, as of us recording right now is Trey Songs. And like what? I asked the homie earlier, do I want to go through 21 tracks of Trey Songs? And she said no. Well, some people told me it was <laughs> it was good. So, I mean, it's a track with Summer Walker, so I'll listen to that, if anything. Yeah, it was No Longer Friends was the track. It, um, that one was cool. Yeah, that, that was the track, like. Yep, and it had sample my place. So yeah, that that was the one. That was like the only song that um that I bought with off of that True to Self or what was it? True. Um, uh yeah, True to Self. Yeah. I don't know why I always want to say note to self. I was about to say flop <laughs> flop to self. Self flop. <laughs> but yeah, um yeah, like I said, you know, everything like new playlists and all that. We dropped uh, another episode of From the Roots to the Top, highlighting dope artists to me and the homie Don Juan mess with and everything. And that's pretty much what we got going on over here, man. Um, anything on the rise over your way, bro? Well, um, right, you know, you know, it seems like every time we do uh, an episode, I'm always taking a hiatus, but it's not really a hiatus. Like I feel like with for me and podcasting, it has to be, it has to be organic, number one, right. and it has to be. If I'm not feeling it, I'm just not going to do it. And um, <clears throat> I've had a lot that I could talk about, but I just hadn't felt the need that I felt like I want to record it. But I do have some stuff in the works. Um, I've been checking out a lot of new things lately um, to talk about. Um, one big thing that I'm on right now is I really enjoyed the hell out of Janae Aiko's Tiny Desk at Home concert. She really did her thing. Um, she she went through all her projects, really, and 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 pick stuff like she even went back to her selling souls mixtape and right. did two songs off of that um she did a really good job that. it I'm was really good because i know like with janae i haven't liked the full album since i mean i don't think 2088 counts yeah it doesn't oh so, yeah and like i mean i was gonna ask you whatever too i don't know if you saw my face um what do you think about her comments about you know people like oh, always comparing me to sade um, <laughs> I almost made him choke, guys. Um, <laughs> she said that. Well, I mean, she is vibey, and she is that, and and a lot of people didn't think that Sade could sing. So, I mean, it ain't far fetched. I mean, now musician wise, Janae Aiko is a vibe. I'm not even gonna front on her, and you know, I've been rocking with her for a long time. Right, you, I like, went back you know. and checked out the uh you the know. deluxe version of. That album that I can't pronounce. Oh, Chalumba. There we go. Um, and you know, I put you on to her. Like, you know, like you way you like put me on that damn like eyes. way back to the se- Yeah, the selling souls. Like and that was she like, was rocking with three sixteen before I ever heard the song with her and Kendrick. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that now. So that was really that was really a dope time because we stayed putting each other on new stuff. Yeah, and shout out to the MTV two channel and that little the ones that played them videos all night. That's how I got them songs. I'll <laughs> be you up. wake up or whatever, and you be like, "Wait, what is this?" I'm like, "I don't know." Wait till the end, and it Sh- pop up. right or Shazam that thing. I was like, "Hold on, man." He hit that. early days of Shazam before it was automatically on the phone. Right, and that was um, that was like back when oh, Amari had the MIA video, and uh, <laughs> that, that is still classic. I still oh, yeah. make people watch that video. I'm telling you, you know, we'd be up at four in the morning doing the MIA dance. Yo, he he got a. Hey. 
Look, look, matter of fact, I'm telling you a little side note before we get started or whatever. You know how, like, and this is probably old or whatever, but you know, people are just talking about certain verses or whatever, right? Uh-huh. You know, at one point or whatever, they were saying, oh, yeah, we should get Mario and Lloyd. And Mario was like, um, I think I should go with a Mario. And people were saying, I don't know if you want that smoke with a Mario, bro. I don't know if you want it. Well, now, Lloyd got songs now. We can't be playing. No, 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 like- not Lloyd. Mario. Oh, Mario. Yeah, Mario was saying he wants it with a Mario. But now the thing is, Mario can sing though, and a Mario can't. <laughs> That's true. He got him there, and we can't sit here and act like Mario didn't have bops. Oh no! I, I, I mean, the only look, thing about I, it is, a Mario had more dancey songs than Mario, um, than Mario did. So I mean, that would be the only difference. But as far as neck for neck, they were right. out at the same time. So I mean, the only way that like. Mario could be a contender, is it? In it, is if uh, a Marion didn't drop any B2K hits. Now, if he hey, left, look, that's where I say he got him because now he got him. He got him there. So you got B2K era. You got what I call his era with Bow Wow, and then you got Maybach era. Right, and then you got his other stuff era. If he decides to put in that out, you know, and that was no disrespect on Lloyd or whatever. Because I'm like now. Lloyd gonna pop up with a get it shorty or whatever, and I don't care what nobody say. That joint, it didn't get the hype that you did before. Yeah, he better, he might, yeah, he might stop. Wait a minute. Right. Oh, he gonna go all the way back to that Southside song with Ashanti, who she had that raggedy ass ponytail in that video. It was like it looked like one of the ponytails your mama used to wear. The twenty-seven and a half piece. <laughs> no, it was that one that she called the Janet ponytail. Oh, <laughs> the Janet. I remember that. <laughs> I'm weak, but you know, it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't reminisce and we go through music. I, you know, on my podcast, I always, I don't jump right into the thing. You know, I have oh, some nah. healthy conversation. You gotta, you gotta get and, it warmed up. Yeah, you gotta warm it up and, and talk about stuff. And also to uh, check out, I would say Amber Riley, the person, you know, Amber Riley, but she no longer goes as Amber Riley. She's Riley now. She dropped the Amber. So oh, okay. she came out with her subtitled EP, which is called Riley. It's pretty dope. I don't know if you watched the Terrell show. On I YouTube, don't. uh, check that out. Terrell Grice, he's from North Carolina, from Fayetteville, actually. Oh, hey. And, um, he has a lot of celebrities and he do a song association and stuff like that. But she, she did her album release party up there where she performed all the songs live and she did a real good job. So go check that out. You, I think you'll like vibe with her, um, with her EP. It's pretty vibey. Okay. I'm gonna definitely check that out. I was gonna say too, whatever about Janet before we got off that, um, Damn, I say, because before the pandemic hit, you were supposed to go see her, right? Yeah, I was supposed to go see her at the end of July, right? Across, Damn. Right across the street at the Coliseum. And I was supposed to go see Patti LaBelle back in April. Damn. I was, I was supposed to go to the Dreamville Festival. I was supposed to go to Broccoli. Um, the list goes uh, on and on. Money bag, yo. Yeah, I was doing that. Three Six Mafia. Okay, and you Three know, You know I love Three Six Mafia. Looking back now, I'm like, uh, you know, you know, if I have never went off a hard for any rap group, I used to go hard for hypnotized minds. I, I literally remember being like a freshman in uh, high school or whatever. And three six came out with stay fly. And like you and Jordan being like, oh, you don't know about this stuff. They was dropping back in like 90 something or whatever. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Actually, you won't even you won't even in high school yet. When that song came out, you were in the eighth grade. Okay, right. Yeah, because right. I was a junior in college when that song came out. 
I just remember that was like crazy. And I was I'm gonna have to go back and check them out. Yeah, me and Three Six Mafia go all the way back to Mystic Styles when they came out and they started putting albums out. And it really we really go back to like the Taylor Club up and late night. I, I mean, I've been rocking with them since honestly since day one. Uh, I've been a day one fan. So, but yeah, just go check some of that stuff out. It's a lot of good projects out uh, from different people right now. Um, just putting people on of things to listen to. So, oh yeah, most stuff, man. You know, I've been. Uh, I say as soon as these leads drop or whatever, y'all know I'm about to go full R and B. Oh yeah. But also shout out my homie Q's been getting me on like a lot of like the West Coast artists. I really don't check out like that. And you know, some of them have been pretty dope. Like Don Kennedy's album was dope. Mozzie's album. This dude named Larry June is really hard. I have to check that stuff out. I'll ask you again at the end of this or when it's over so I can get it. Man, I was, I'll, I'll shoot you something or whatever. Oh, yeah. Just, just shoot me just so I can, like, listen to it. But. <sighs> so, if y'all if y'all ain't already know, you know, you clicked on it. This is about to be a history lesson, man. Just like we did back in April. Prince's third album. 40 years later. This is crazy. I think it's probably the oldest album I've reviewed. Probably. Like, and you know, we even talked about it. I don't think it was on the like the Prince episode, but a prior episode, like you having this poster up on um the wall way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's why this shit looks familiar. I was like, huh? Are you talking about the Dirty Mind cover? Yeah, yeah, it used to be on my wall. Um, so this is actually one of my favorite Prince albums. Period. Um. This album is actually what made Prince the name he is now. This was the album that really pushed him into, you know, when he came out, he was real falsetto. Everything was real polished. At that point, he had recorded his first two albums out in L.A. You know, they sent him out to L.A., these big-time studios, and he got his album done. Well, this album... He was on tour with Rick James. Okay, dope. And um, that tour actually was a disaster because Rick James was jealous of Prince oh, and um, was saying that Prince was stealing some of his riffs and all of that stuff. But How I mean, old is Prince at this point? At this point, Prince was 21. Damn. Because I was, I, was, I was about to say, because for you, he was like, what, 19? Yeah. And then and he turned you know, 20 later on. titled is next year. Yeah, so I mean, at this point, he was 21 going to 22. Well, no, at this point, when this album came out, he was 22. Okay. He was, he was 22. By the time this Still album came out, he, crazy he, was, young, he was 22 like. years old. So he was, um, this is when really the revolution was kind of coming to play his backing band, and you were starting to see more of them um, right. and them becoming more of a thing. Um, this was the lineup that kind of carried him through the next three albums. Dirty Mind Controversy in 1999, and he had the lineup of, at the time, well, excuse me, the lineup changed in 81, but in 1980, his lineup, prior to recording the album, um, it was himself, it was Andre Simone on bass, it was um, Des Dickerson on uh, lead guitar, it was Gail Chapman on keyboards, which was replaced by um, Lisa Coleman during the making of this album. Right. Uh, because Gail Chapman refused to sing the lines on head. 
<laughs> so she was um so she quit the group and Lisa Coleman joined the group and then you had Matt Fink on keyboards and then you had Bobby Rivkin who went by Bobby Z on drums. So that was his group. So by the time you got to the controversy era, Andre Simone had left the group and was replaced by Brown Mark on bass. And so that was what became the revolution and the revolution once Des Dickerson left and went solo. Wendy Melvoin replaced him, and that was the revolution. So that stayed his lineup until he disbanded the res- uh, the revolution in '86. After he I was came, about to say right right after the uh, the parade tour. Okay, yeah, right before a sign of the uh, sign of the times. Yeah, you know they just released the sign of the times. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Was there something new up there? Um, yes, it's over ninety eight tracks up there. Um, and they what went in it? the they went in the vault and. And pulled uh, songs, a lot of songs that they, that he was working on, alternate takes, demos. Um, it, it's really good. I had a chance to listen to it quite a few times, and it's been on play. Um, I have, like, some favorites up there now. Um, a lot of it, because I'm an avid Prince fan, I had a lot of that stuff that was already circulating around on bootlegs over the years. Like, right. I'm one of those devout people that I have a hard drive that's a terabyte that's just full of print stuff. I mean, I own, and my brother can tell you, I own physical CD copies of all of Prince albums. So I'm about to say, shit, I wouldn't be shocked if you still say you have vinyls. Um, Yeah, well, I'm getting ready to start collecting vinyl again, so I will have all of that stuff on vinyl. But as far as the CDs and Mookie can tell you, like I had, I was the one that had all of Prince CDs, every single one of them. And then even the stuff that was like on the bootlegs, I found all of that stuff. I had it because I just wanted to hear it. And now I'm glad to see that a lot of it is coming to light. So that's that's really been good. But on this Dirty Mind album, um, it didn't really do well on the charts. I mean, it only made it to like 45. And the album was so risque that a lot of the the material couldn't even be played on the radio. I mean, right. this, this was the first album that Prince really pushed to the limit and talked about what he wanted to talk about. He talked about oral sex. He talked about incest. Um, he talked about sex. He talked about... Um, an orgy. I mean, he talked about <laughs> he talked about different things on this album. I mean, this was the like I said, this was also the album where he kind of shared what he was wearing, and this is this became the trench coat with the spikes and the the g strings, pretty much, and like the like that type of underwear and the tank tops or the bandana around the neck with no shirt on and fishnets and the high heel boots. This, this is what turned into that period. And like him getting like real edgy, like he cut all of his permed hair off. You know, when he came out with for you, he had an Afro on the album cover 79. He permed it down and it was like down his back. And then by 1980, he let the perm grow out and it was just this like frizzy, like wet, wet and go type of thing that he had going on. And so, um, this, I mean, this album, first of all, and I I feel like I'm just talking about the album, like, like I'm a researcher of the album, but, um, no, you could, you like trust. I trust your opinion on it. Cause like, I, you know, when it comes like after we did the first one too, and I was like, yo, I went through and watched so many like videos or whatever, like the one I was watching before we did this, it kind of like what you were saying about, you know, you, you really couldn't even play a lot of stuff on the radio. You know, it was, I didn't even think about it. Like, yo, it's 1980. Like, there wasn't even a expletive like you know label yet yeah i mean at this time you know there was no parent advisory stickers although he was one of the people that caused the parent advisory stickers in 1984 with darling nikki and um you had uh 
Madonna, and you had Cindy Lauper talking about masturbation and she bop. So I mean, you had all these different things um, going on, and that that Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife. You always hear me talk about Al Gore interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you had Tipper Gore with a name. Who the fuck names their child Tipper? You know, that's really some. I'm not even gonna say that. That's um really some unethnic shit. And um furthermore, uh that that became the parent advisory label. So I'll, I'm about to say also shout out to you because God, what was I just had it or whatever. Um Lord say I lost it, it's gonna come back. It's gonna come back. Cause it was it was it was something with the album, but it was something else. It's gonna come back to me. Yeah, it's just gonna come back. I promise. Um, but this album, and just before we get into the songs, this album, right? It was kind of strangely how it even came about. First of all, these songs were recorded. Um, he had his home studio set up, and so this was in one of his rented homes, and um, he had a studio set up in down in the basement. It was kind of like in a he had water that ran down under a crawl space like because it was like right i, I heard about that because it was like the reason why there's no piano on this joint because they couldn't fit one in the basement yeah i mean like you hear like <laughs> Which, that's hilarious well no it's keyboards in there um the keyboard like the keep like the piano like the piano you hear piano on the album the piano just you the piano was up in the house wired down gotcha like you couldn't you couldn't fit one in there so, um, but this, it started out as demos, you know, he was recording demos and he took it to his management because he was going to go out to LA and record an album, but he was just doing demos and he played the demos for his management and they was like, we think this should be the album. It's grungy, you know, the way it sounds, you know, it was polished up in LA when it was remixed right. and stuff like that, but Prince performed majority of all the instruments with the exception of the title track, Dirty Mind. Matt Fink played keyboards on it. Um, we gonna talk about that. Set. We'll, That's crazy. And we'll talk about that, but Prince played all the instruments and he engineered it and mixed it. This this is where the pseudonym Jamie Starr came from. And um I would never forget reading like and then reading in like liner notes and stuff like that. And it being recorded and mixed by Jamie Starr. And everybody was trying to wonder who was Jamie Starr, who was this fictional person, but it was Prince. And so, um, like, as we talk about the album and talk about the songs, um, we'll just kind of get into some of the mechanics of it. But this album was, again, it was demos. And it had a very unpolished sound. But it's right. a really good album. It, it don't sound unpolished. Like, it doesn't sound like, you know, some people be in their house and it don't sound. The only track that's a little rough and it's kind of like in the beginning, but it gets on track, is uh, Dirty Mind. Yeah, that might be like the rockiest sounding of the songs, but all the rest of the songs sound like straight up like you was in the studio. The only thing that could be a little suspect sometimes is the vocals. And so, it's not the vocals, it's the vocal quality of how it was recorded. Some like on head, it sounds like mumbling sometimes. Right. <clears throat> Question. Uh-huh. As far as like sequencing for you, like, I guess in order, when did you hear this album? Or was this the first one? I heard this album, I had heard songs on the album. So prior to, like I said, in seventh grade, before then, I mean, I, I was a Prince fan and I had stuff of Prince, but I didn't really own a lot of Prince albums. So right. seventh, seventh grade is when I became like all things Prince. And it came from me getting the hits 
one and two and the just the hits one and two and so then that intrigued me to start listening to the albums and so you know miss pat had different print cds and tapes and she let me borrow them so that's how i started listening to that and then i started buying the albums so she right. actually bought me the dirty mind cd for christmas okay and so 97 gotcha. um it's like when i really got into this album like all the songs because i'd already heard like dirty mind when you were mine and I had heard Uptown Ahead. So four of the eight songs I had already heard because that was on the hits, volume one and two. So I asked that because I'm like, you know, now I'm going to have to go through, you know, self-titled the second album. But like I did hear a couple of songs off, you know, for you like a couple of months ago. And I'm like, those are pretty much, I guess, what you would call, you know, R&B albums. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were kind of kind of. I would categorize it as like more rock. Well, this was very f- new wave and punk, and it was a, a sound. Yeah, and funk. This is what this was the album that kind of branded the Minneapolis sound. Right. This was the album because it was very heavy synthesizer. Um, I, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Now I remember. You remember when you was naming artists and everything? You said Madonna and Sidney Lauper and everything. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you because I'll never forget when I was like, yo, where's Madonna from? You was like, she's from Detroit. <laughs> was it not Detroit? Yeah, she's from Michigan. Okay, right. Well, yeah, Michigan. But like, I was thinking she was from like the UK or something. You're like, no, she's from Michigan. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, she is not from the UK. She is right from here. Also, her self-titled album or whatever, like with the picture, like the album with uh, the picture of her just in black and white, uh-huh. was going through that about a couple of weeks ago. Fire. I mean, Madonna got some heat. <laughs> That's facts. People like really sleep on her catalog, but she definitely has some heat. And yes, yeah, she's from Bay City, Michigan. Okay. I guess that's all I had to ask before, you know, we get into these tracks. Okay. Let's roll it on down. Um, so track one, Dirty Mind. Um, notes I got for this one was I love like if you're gonna call it like the synth type rift or whatever Dr. Funk has throughout this track. Prince vocals are giving us all sexual thoughts he has, you know, of course, and you know, like track title and album title. And the part in the which I'm gonna talk about this like his little just parts where he's just you know doing stuff or whatever when he's just like yelling like in the middle of it or whatever I'm like hey this is dope oh yeah this. dirty mind like first of all the synthesizer I mean it starts boom 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 it kind of starts like uh born in the USA a little bit but this this was almost felt like born in the USA borrowed that synth line a little bit, but you had that boom, 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 that boom, um, um, boom, boom, boom. And you know, it's, it's one of those songs. It was, I don't even really know. I kind of like, you know, and he performed that song live a lot. So, I mean, he, it, it was one of those songs, but it also like, I liked his live version of it better than the recorded version. Cause I mean, you know, he got to play around with it a little right. bit, but, um, that that could possibly be like one of my least favorite songs on the album. I watched a video for it a while ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, the video was cool, you know, performing live and stuff. Okay. And but I, I thought the song was cool, you know, dope intro. 
Yeah, and it's kind of like one of those songs that opens up the album, and it's like, okay, great. Moving along. And I'm going to say it. Oh, fuck, I'll go ahead and say it now. Because when I was, you know, when I go through, like, albums or whatever, I love just, like, looking through the lyrics or whatever, you know, like, reading it out as I'm listening to it. And I'm like, the fact that, like, you know, and this this album is, what, eight songs, about 30 minutes. Uh-huh. The it's literally like, hey, they barely go past about three verses or whatever, and you might have like maybe a sixteen, but some of them are like maybe an eight, and it just works. Yeah, because again, you also got to remember this was a demo. Yeah, yeah. Not you mentioned like that it makes sense. No, this um, was, this was a demo. You got anything before we get to track two? No, we can roll on. Like I told you, this was probably one of my least favorite songs. Um, track two, When You Were Mine. I got, you know, Prince t- Prince telling us a story about, you know, love triangle and, you know, looking up stuff or whatever. Apparently, this, uh, Sydney Lopper covered it a little she, bit later. She did. And I love the instrumentation on this joint. Yeah, so this is probably one of my favorite songs. It is one of my favorite songs. It's probably my second favorite song on the album. Uh, we'll right. get to my favorite song later on. But um, <clears throat> this song, I just really like the whole... It has that kind of calypso. Boom, that, that, doom, digga, doom, 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 digga, doom, 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 You know, with that guitar. Like, right. he really sets the tone for it. And I really thought that it was some really genius songwriting. Yeah. Um, I also think that for it to be a demo, it was very polished. Uh, musically, like down to like the drums and the whole like rhythm track, like he really had it sorted out. Um, definitely, definitely a good song. I like the synthesizers in it. I mean, it's a bop. True that. But yeah, I thought this was really dope, man. I mean, it, there's there's not a song up here I don't like. Right. I thought the whole thing was cool. Of course, you know we're gonna get in that. We're getting the ratings. Yeah. Um, track three, do it all night. <laughs> like I, I love and you know this is my thing too whatever because I mean, probably shit you probably got me on this or whatever I love when an artist like the, the title and they're talking about that because I feel like it's too many times where it's like okay the song title is this and it's like what what the hell were you talking about you know right and with this song I mean it's uh it's one of them heavy synthesizer songs again like um it the song started boom 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 you know you that synthesizer again you know at this point this is the album he really started playing around with synthesizers right for real for real we started playing around with him on the prince album but he really got into that whole synthesizer and and exploring that sound and so that song was very synth out um and you know, it's just one of them songs. I just want to do it. Do it all night. Uh, question for you. When did Sense really get popping? Because, like, I mean, at least from the little bit I know about music or whatever, which, I mean, of course, that's your, you know, that's your bad. Like, I think of it more of, like, you know, that was the entire 80s. Well, it was the 70s, too. Okay. Um, You had the Moog synthesizer. Like, Stevie Wonder really made the synthesizer popular in the 70s. That's how he was able to create create all those sounds on his albums using the synthesizer and programming sounds and reproducing stuff. And then the Osley brothers used synthesizers a lot in the seventies. 
Okay. I mean, then you had the bands like Earth, Wind & Fire that used real, like, horns and stuff like that, but you had a lot of bands who really used the synthesizer, and the synthesizer really started becoming popular, like, in the late 60s. Okay. Like, even you could listen to The Doors, Come on, baby, light my fire, that, that ding, 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 that, that's the synthesizer. Okay. <laughs> Random question. Do we know how many people are in Earth, Wind & Fire? No. Because watching, watching the, like, the performances with them, it's like 50 people on stage. Well, I mean, you got to give an account. Like, you got the singers, you got the horns. I mean, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. You you got a dude over there just with with a tambourine. <laughs> Listen, Earth, <laughs> I love it. Earth, Wind, and Fire. You gotta love it, man. Mm. Um, track four. The one ballad on the album. Uh, got a broken heart again. So that's my favorite song on the album. Okay. I think um, uh, I think it's the most vulnerable one. This the most vulnerable track on the album. Obviously, it's probably the the you know it, I just like the song. Um, he tells the story. It's kind of really uh, rockabilly. Um, he talks about not having no money to spend, and uh, he spent it all on a long distance phone call. Begging her to please come home, and then you know he really wails out on the guitar. Um, yeah, that guitar solo in the middle, Lord ever though it was short, was incredible. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that that's my favorite song up there. And crazy part about it is, and just like a little note uh, for a true Prince fans, anybody who listens to this episode, either when I posted or he posted, it, um, on the bootleg community, people will know the song "Broken." Because on tour, he had a song that he would seek into after Got a Broken Heart Again. And it was like a just a side song he had called Broken that was like this rockabilly song um, that he just went in that he would perform after that. And so um, I, I just love Got a Broken Heart Again. Like I said, it's, it's my favorite track up there. Most definitely. I thought it was dope. Um, back to the up-tempo, man, with... um. Track five, Uptown, the album's first single. So Uptown is my song. I dug it. I mean, like I said, I dig all these and everything, but I dug this. Like a lot of this album made me, it, it kind of made me upset because I'm like, yo, if I was about to go party or whatever, this would be dope. And then also too, I'm going to reference this just like I did when you uh, we talked about the Around the World in a Day episode, and we talked about his whole, like, euphoric and utopian places. Uptown was one of those places as well. Like I told you, Paisley Park was a foreshadowing, and that's what he named his studio. Well, his studio, right. his studio on during the controversy in the, in the 1999 album was Uptown. Okay. And actually, in on the Dirty Mind album, in the liner notes, it said recorded somewhere in Uptown. Gotcha. Because I was thinking, I'm like, is Uptown referring to, like, you know, like a spot in Minnesota? Like, you know what I'm saying? Nope. Got the clarification, got the clarification here. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, and I want to say we are at my favorite record. Now, because I went through this about three times, three, four times or whatever. But, yeah, my favorite record, track six, Head. Oh, <laughs> I, and look, I, I wasn't expecting it either because I was like, at first I thought, I was like, is it going to be Dirty Mind or Uptown or Party Up? End up being Head. Um, Prince and Lisa kind of role playing or whatever about, 
I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna let you go off or whatever because this, this music was dope and just yo the lyrics with this like press was on this shit man I swear. I mean, so like first of all, the 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 song is funky as hell. Yes. Like I mean, it's just funky, and then too like. Again, you hear in the beginning of the episode where I talked about this is the song that drove Gail Chapman, the original keyboardist, who was also a white lady. This is what drove her out of the band. Um, she was like, I'm just not going to sing that. And Lisa and Lisa Coleman came in. It didn't really pay her no never mind because she's a lesbian. Right. You know, she was going with Wendy. That was her right. girlfriend. So, I mean, you know, she came in and, and, and had to seal the deal. She was like, well, look, I'm trying to play. I'm a classically trained pianist. Like, I'm trying to get the deal. I'm, I'll sing whatever. So, she, next thing you know, she in there talking about, I'm, I'm just a virgin and I'm on, on my way to be wed. And he's talking about coming on her wedding gown. Wildin', man. So, I, mean, I love uh, it too because it it doesn't sound it doesn't sound dated at all. Like we said, this is forty years old, guys. No, because that song also was featured in "Waiting to Exhale." It went on the soundtrack, but it was in the movie. They was out at the club, and that song definitely was playing in the background on New Year's Eve. Mm. Oh, I still gotta watch that, man. Good lord, especially before next month. You know, top secret. Hmm. Um. So. On this track, I was almost like, now, when I'm listening, I'm not looking to be like, okay, this is only like, what, a minute and 30-something seconds or whatever. And this is track seven, by the way. Right, yes, sister. So, because I wrote it down for eight, I was like, oh, shit, that was almost like an interlude in a way. But super up-tempo, you know, really fast or whatever. He's like spitting and everything. We're going into like <laughs> his sister turning them out and like incest and everything. I'm like, yo. I mean, I can still remember the lyrics. Like, I was only 16, and I guess there's no excuse. My sister was 32, loved me and loose. It's like, I was like, you know, the song goes by so quick. Although, I mean, you know, he was singing what he was singing. Musically, the shit is dope as hell. Right. Because, I mean, you know, the way he just playing that damn guitar. And then, like, he really goes off on a guitar. And I just think it was, like, one of those things where, first of all, his sister was not older than him. So right. it was just <laughs> one of those songs where it was kind of like he was singing about what he wanted to. And it was really one of them punk rock type of songs. That's definitely the vibe. Like, it definitely had a new wave feel to it. Right. Um, And then, like, like you said, I mean, the song goes by so quick. And then it's like, boom, you roll into track eight. Like, I literally thought track eight was, like, still the same song until I looked. And I was like, oh, okay, this is next record. It was, like, literally, boom, 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 boom. And it's just, like, jamming. You party up. Right. Like, I was still vibing. And then, boom. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Only thing I want to say about Seven, besides what we've already said, um, people wilding out about WAP, you know, a couple of weeks ago and everything. And I'm just like, yo, this was the 80s. And this was going off. Right. So, you know, get over yourselves, people. So our outro right here, track eight, party up. I thought this was dope as well. Um, you know, we're going real anti-war and draft on this one. And you want to tell the story about uh, the Morris Day joint with this? Yeah, so party up was written by Morris Day. And so Prince offered him either $10,000 for the song or a record deal. And Morris chose a record deal. And so he, he made the right choice. And that became the time. 
which was a group that was pretty much controlled by Prince. <laughs> totally. And originally, when the time came up, Morris Day wasn't even the lead singer. It was Alexander O'Neill. Oh, get out of here. Yep. Uh, the Sunshine Homie. Yeah. Yeah, I was vibing that like not too long ago. Mm. That's your mama's song. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense now. Um, God, what was I even gonna say? Oh, is I was I was watching a video, or whatever, and I want to say this was probably after you know we had did the last one or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yo, this man was really crazy. You know how like you know you like we talk about like this podcast and everything, or whatever, and just you know work ethic and everything. When they were talking about. You know, I think some, they said someone asked him, like, yo, when do you sleep? Because they was like, he'd go do, like, four-something hours with, you know, the revolution. And then go do, like, three, four-something hours with the time. And then everyone would leave. He'd, like, and then they wake up next day. Oh, so I got, you know, two, three more records. And they're like, when did you sleep? Never. <laughs> like, Never. Like, I mean, like, he would be in the studio. Man with the right, he like, would be in the on. studio, like, all the time. Susan Rogers, his longtime engineer in the 80s. I mean, she literally, like, they would have a, a session set up for a whole 24 hours. And he could literally be working on one song for 24 hours. Can you imagine him now when, like, you could just drop, like, people just drop songs or whatever just anytime they want? Right. The technology and everything. I mean, my man would be going crazy. I mean, like, I just, I think that he would be in control of his destiny, like, right now. If he was still alive and just really was putting out projects like he really wanted to, but Prince was doing that anyway. That, that, after that whole slave mission thing when he left Warner Brothers in 95 and then he did the Emancipation album, and um, he was the first person that really controlled the whole Internet album sales. Like, that was Prince. Like, when he went independent, he was, like, totally, like, strictly, like, streaming, like, online and doing stuff like that. So he was one of the frontier people and making that happen. I look at it as far as like kind of with the NBA or whatever, you know, where you have some of the older players where they're like, yo, you know, it's crazy the stuff that the younger players can do now and everything where it's like, yo, well, you know, you guys did this. So it's so much easier for the players now to make literally like, you know, 30 million a year just off contracts. Right let alone, like, the other stuff they got going on, you know, Nike deals, all that other stuff. But, you know, I feel like exactly what you said. Like, Prince literally paved the way for so many people. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, I guess without going into too much and everything, that was the Dirty Mind album. Um, not a whole lot to discuss. Get in the ratings. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even a whole lot to discuss with the album. It's eight songs and they go by the, the whole total playing time on the album is 30 minutes. I wonder, like, because I was, you know, I was watching, like, there's there's a bunch of videos or whatever as far as the revolution, like, after he passed and everything. And they would talk about how, at least the one I remember in particular, whenever we did uh, Around the World in the Day, when they were like, yeah, you know, we were on tour and everything, and he was already over Purple Rain. Like, he was already ready to get on to the next thing. And I'm like, that's crazy. I mean, not even crazy, because, like, I-, I look at it just, you know, as far as, of course, as a retrospect. Imagine making an album that's timeless, and you're already like, okay, so what am I going to do next? He was always, <laughs> I mean, he was always like that. He was always on to the next thing. Like, the way he recorded songs, he recorded, I mean, 
He had a studio in his house. When he was on the road, he had studio access, had equipment on the bus. <clears throat> when he stopped, he was a person that had a soundboard that traveled everywhere, so all of his live shows were recorded. So if he did a sound check and ran a new song, a sound check, it was on tape. Right. So he was always constantly recording, 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 recording. So like that came the Time albums, the Vanity Six albums, the Family album, the whatever else, like the Jill Jones, all those Sheila E, like all of that material was recorded. It, you know, he turned all of them songs out and and kept rolling. It's almost, I, I didn't even say almost, because it is crazy just to think about that. Like, I mean, how is this just one person, man? Like, that's... If that that's that's beyond talent, I don't even know the word. Crazy, it's it's, it's truly just gifted. Like, and he, I mean, it's not even crazy. It's genius, and it's just you know, it's pure raw talent. And you're not gonna find many people like that no more. I mean, he was truly a gem. I definitely, you know, will always. You know, I keep seeing these memes with uh, if you could bring back two artists and Prince is not on the picture and the people that are up there, I was like, <laughs> no, like, no, it's disrespectful. I, that's disrespectful. Like, y'all, my person ain't even up there. Okay, great. We see Whitney and we see Michael. Um, I need to see Prince. Yeah. Shout out Whitney, my man. Uh, there was a tweet I saw yesterday, or whatever, and it was like describe, you know, describe her voice, and my man just said the. Pretty much. Like the she's, voice. Whitney. She's the there voice. I mean, she's the voice. Whitney Elizabeth Houston, period. The voice. Like like my man said or whatever. He was like, who else can make the like the national anthem dope? Right. <laughs> like, she she made the national anthem go number one on the charts. That is absurd. Like, how, like, how do you have the number one hit with the national anthem? That's crazy. Yo. I mean, J-Lo couldn't even get her national anthem uh, <laughs> national anthem off. Without without getting burned up, I don't I don't get to perform any more national Latin national anthems. <laughs> Shout out South Park, if you guys don't know. <laughs> it's that was too shit back late. In that episode. You must pay. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Yo, if you guys don't know what we talk about, it was a South Park episode where like they just kept destroying Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Like, and her taco flavor kisses. Oh my god, that was so absurd. My taco flavor kisses. But yes, yeah, like going to watch that. But I mean, I really enjoyed um, reviewing this album. Like I said, it's very quick to the point. But you know, yeah, for this right. album, like I said, it didn't even. It wasn't even. It went to like forty five on the charts. But this album goes down as rated as one of the best albums of the eighties. Like, like, I think I heard somebody say it didn't even technically even go gold until after Purple Rain, right? Yeah. It's like people miss stuff in the moment, you know? Absolutely. Um, I guess before we get out of here, last couple things, what's your rating for it out of 10? Honestly, I give this album, I give it a solid 9. I about to say, yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah, I give it a 9. You know, it this album could really be a ten. Um I mean it was a solid album. Like I said, I mean just going out even in the ratings, um I had to go back, I had it. I was gonna say, um I remember go. a couple of years ago, I think it was like twenty fifteen, sixteen, but Kendrick pretty much put out like his songs that didn't make um uh to pimp a butterfly uh-huh 
and he just put them out like just pretty much the demos or whatever like you know the songs that didn't make the cut oh untitled unmastered there we go and you know looking at that and thinking about this or whatever like you said this is an album pretty much of demos yep and like you said or whatever like prince's stuff that just were kind of in the tuck or whatever that could be like not even that could be it is its own album and that shit would still go crazy right i mean looking at it so pitchfork ranked dirty mind number 87 on its list of top 100 albums of the 80s um slant magazine rated it number 53 um of best albums of the 80s and it was 206 of rolling stones list of 500 greatest albums of all time and um the same magazine uh, ranked it number 18 as the 100 greatest albums of the 80s so the album ranks very high on the list because i had that book of the 100 greatest albums of the 80s like i don't know if you remember the books i used to have on my bookshelf and i had right. the the highest rated albums of the 60s 70s 80s and 90s right. and it and it told the backstories on it and it told the backstory on like dirty mind so that's how i found out like all of that information before i really like started researching but um the album was definitely hell it was an album that that was that it reached its acclaim after the fact People, you know, because it didn't really get played on radio, but it was an album. If you had it, it was a treasure. Hell yeah. And I mean, and it did go number seven on the black albums list. That's dope, at least, you know. Looking at how this was compared to his first two albums. Yeah. I mean, and then after that, you know, he came back with controversy and then he took a gamble I'm ready to go through that all the way through yeah in 1999 yeah yeah because 99 well 1999 was 82 right yeah what's 83 nothing okay we so we okay so then we just go into 84 which is of course purple rain yeah and we've done 85 yep and then 86 was parade 87 was sign of the times um, 88 was Love Sexy, 89 was Batman, 90 was Graffiti Bridge, 91 was Diamonds and Pearls. There we go. I was about to say, where was Diamonds and Pearls? There? Okay. Yeah. Because I got back on that because I swear, like, everybody named Grandma sometime in, like, the mid-2000s or whatever was, like, remixing that beat and rapping over it. Yeah. So, I mean, you you had that whole long stretch of period. And in between that time, you had the revolution that expanded in size and had a double size revolution before he broke it down. And then um, you had the band that after he disbanded and fired the revolution and he started his next group, some people still played in it. So like Matt Fink stayed with him and played into it and then that group grew into the new power generation and he kept there that group. we go i was say that's the one i'm yeah. thinking of with diamonds and pearls uh-huh so i mean you know he had that period and it, it and a lot of his tours are on youtube so you could really go watch him and see but that's just kind of all i got to say about the album but i enjoyed it and so like i said i rank it a nine. Oh yeah i'm gonna give it a nine as well um i guess last thing before we get out of here man um should, should we tease the people about what we got coming for a classic review in November. Go ahead. Tease them. Uh, so, you know, we spoke about it a little bit on this episode. I have not watched the movie. I'm going to watch the movie before that, but we are coming on the 25th year anniversary of the waiting to excel soundtrack. Yep. My favorite soundtrack. I am ready for this because I know that's up there with people's faves with that and like what boomerang. Oh yeah. 
I have a lot. Some more. I have a lot. Like I mean, I love the Waiting to Excel, the Boomerang soundtrack, uh, the Sofu soundtrack. I yeah, like. Um, I like Above the Rim soundtrack. Um, what else soundtrack did I like? The Love and Basketball soundtrack was good. Right. Um, I had the Friday soundtrack. I mean, a lot of soundtracks, but I mean, the ones that stand out definitely was Waiting to Exhale. Most definitely. And look, guys, that's why I got my bro up here or whatever, because, you know, I was either not born or really little when, you know, this stuff was coming out. Right. So all all this for me or whatever is going to be like completely going back or whatever. And I know some tracks, but like it's nothing where it's like, oh, OK, I remember what this was happening in 95. Like, right. no, I don't. <laughs> I was you, way too young. You was like barely tying your shoes. <laughs> Shit, I wasn't tying my shoes. I don't think I did that until five, six. Right. I'll be real on that. Um, got any closing thoughts before we get up out of here, man? No. Um, it was a pretty dope album. Like I said, you know, I said what I said about it and liked it and um, told you what my favorite track was, but I, I enjoyed reviewing it. It was it was pretty cool. Like I said, it's like hit or quit. Or we talk, we talked more longer than the album was. Pretty much. I always made that joke. I'm like, yo, I'll be talking up here way longer than what stuff be, but you know, we would do this regardless if there were microphones or not. So, you know. Right. Um, appreciate you like always. Always dope to do these, you know, what what we call don't bite your tongue on the roof collabs. Absolutely. Um, you know, close out. Remember, guys, like always, rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. Links and everything in the bio and description below. Support, support your black podcasters. That's support it. Support your podcasters in general, but support your black podcasters. Support us. Like, share, follow, subscribe, like, like, like our shit. Listen to it. We got dope content that we put out and people like y'all will sit there and like and double tap and share shit with people y'all don't even fucking know. You know us and know our stuff and I bypass it, but I'll go to somebody fucking when Tory Lanez dropped his shit, it had a, all these likes and boom, 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 and everybody talking about it. But we put some content out <laughs> and you don't have anything to say about it. So I'm off my soapbox about that now. And I said, what the fuck I said about it? Support your people because the time that we put back into that, just show us some love. I don't even care if you don't really go listen to it, but damn subscribe to it. So I know that you fuck with me and I know that you fuck like you say you my friend, like you say you do, you rock with it. And that's just that on that. Sorry about this that. This is all independent, man. Like, and we, this is all edited and produced, mixed, mastered, whatever you want to call it, by us. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It, like, like, bro just said, you know, I, I even get liking or whatever, because liking's cool, but retweet, man. Like, a lot of people, I don't see a lot of likes unless it pops up on my joint or whatever. Retweet it. I don't even want to say this is a brag or whatever. I got a retweet from fucking Heather Victoria earlier. <laughs> that's what's up. Shout out Fayetteville, you know? And I and like I told her, I was like, yo, Carolina, we got to stick together. Absolutely. But, you know, um, follow myself and the homies um, on Twitch if you want to check out some dope gameplay and everything for, you know, the gamers and all that. Um, I'm going to send the joint to my bro, too, whatever, at, at the end of this. Um, check out that new Spooky Season playlist I got available on Apple Music and Spotify. You know, one of my homies was getting on me like, yo, you need to put it on title. And I was like, well, I'll talk to you. We can see about doing whatever on title. I don't really know many people that still are on title like that. But well, I'm on title. Well, look, there we go. I'm 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 on all of them because there's different albums that Apple Music don't have that title have. 
Right. I remember when all the print stuff was just on title. Yeah. I mean, I can't go listen to the correct version of four on Apple Music. I have to go to title. True that. Um, check out all this dope content we got over here. Don't bite your tongue with Mookie. All the dope content over there on Meet Me on the Roof. And I'm going to have all the links and everything, man. Yeah. So, you already know. So, until next time, that's G. I'm sure. Let me see. Coco's over here knocked out. I think he said Max is somewhere in the crate and everything. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> over there chilling. Like, uh... Right. <laughs> I'm Mookie, and until next time, to let us out.